Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And today we're talking about minute number 78 of Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is going to start with a whole new scene as we get into the backstory of Cyborg. This is going to show some kids playing football out on a Gotham City street. And then the minute is going to end with Victor Stone's principal uh, having a conversation mm-hmm. with him. Or I guess Dean would be the correct term when you're. It's in- Adam Schiff. Yeah, it's. it's, <laughs> it's um, this what? is. No. This, this is. Um, in in college, so I guess it would be a dean. Um, okay, sure. I don't know. <laughs> Did you ever have to go to the dean's office in college? I didn't have to. I, don't I had know to go to dean's a... office in high school. I know there was um... a dean in high school, and I had to go have a conversation because I did something really stupid in science class. Damn, that uh, sucks. Um, there was a uh, there was a dean in my elementary school, and there was a there was a rumor that I think he was like sleeping around with a bunch of people. Yikes. That seems to happen more often than you realize. I wouldn't know. I mean, I was a child. Fun another fun fact about this Dean. I have a friend named Jeffrey. And one time we were on the jungle gym. Yeah, right? Yeah. (laughs) We were on the jungle gym and it was like this like this like tower thing that had like like discs on it as like platforms and they spun. Uh Uh-huh. I have no idea why they spun, but Jeffrey climbed to the top and was like, Nate, check this out. I'm gonna jump from this top platform. And like grab onto the tree branch and like you know Indiana Jones or whatever swing down. It's like all right, do it. And he did it. And like as he was forcing his momentum off that that little platform, it spun out from under him, and he just like went just straight down, ruptured his spleen. Right. But as he was like on the ground and like writhing in the sand, the dean, as if I he came out of nowhere like just charging around the corner we were in portables and the playground was by the portal so like it was just you know whatever he came knife handing it around the corner <laughs> like running fast apparently that's what you would do yeah breaking like, the speed pick, force yeah he picked jeffrey up and like threw this kid over his shoulder very rough like very abruptly and just took off I guess to the front office, but we were like where the where the playground was to relation to like the front office of the school. You had to go across the entire school. So this guy was running with this kid screaming and like hollering <laughs> whatever was wrong with him on the inside, and like just like just Terminator running through the school with Jeffrey <laughs> on his shoulder, and just like that. The whole thing was like, well, like Jeffrey didn't like rupture his spleen from falling. It was the damn dean picking him up and. Running them across the yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's my Dean story. That's, yeah. that's the only Dean. Uh, yeah. Moral of the aspect. story don't show signs of weakness or your Dean will come kidnap you. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Deans are just like the strong arms of the school. Like picked him up like a hawk uh, <laughs> and took him away. <laughs> he did. Up he into like the hills. Him out. Yeah. And never saw the kid again. Those are the. He's making a helicopter noise when he was right. <laughs> Worst stories. <laughs> um, yeah, we're getting into... A, um, uh, this is the beginning. We're going to be talking about the cyborg origin story here for a, a, a you know, 
the rest of this week and some of next week, I don't know if it's going to be more than next week, um, but there is a lot to the Cyborg origin story. Today, we're mostly talking about, uh, you know, he's staring outside the window, he's seeing these kids play football, then it flashes back to him actually playing football, which is a big scene, and then there's a little bit of a scene within that, like a memory within another memory of him... Mm-hmm. getting in trouble in college yeah, so I saw the movie i'm explaining it to the listeners but thank you i was talking about inception the oh oh the inception <laughs> i've lost count of which movie we're talking about now oh yeah um, well, now we're back to the superhero one let's talk about the kids playing football because okay this this goes back to what we we're talking about with the flash and his scene um at the central bark and that is like this this genre that is this comic book movie. And the more I start to think about it, and the more I try to like explain to people just how envisioned Zack Snyder's comic book movies are, um, Dawn of Justice isn't your typical comic book adapted, adapted movie in theaters. It's not like the Avengers. It's not like the MCU at all. Dawn of Justice is this very niche love letter to the dark age of comic books. And and the more I say that, the more it starts to become true of like, that's exactly the genre you have to go back to and think about it. The comic book movies that we see nowadays, they're adapted to modern day. Um, and we kind of see them as comic books in the meta of what movies are nowadays, which is like, if you were to go see any big action blockbuster, whether it's a Disney movie or anything like that, the MCU knows how to do that. They know how to market those movies in in the current zeitgeist of, of movie making. These movies like Dawn of Justice and Zack Snyder's Justice League and even his Watchmen movie, they all harken back to the dark age of comic books, which started in the late 80s and went on kind of, we're still technically in it, but you don't see it as much. Um, things like The Dark Knight and Watchmen and even The Killing Joke, stories like that. That's where it got the name, uh, whereas instead of saying the modern age of comic books, they call it the dark age of comic books. Um, That's what we're really looking into now. And that's what Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice is. And that's why it turns a lot of people off because it is somewhat kind of niche and it isn't made to meet you where you are in the movie theater. You have to go and meet this movie where it is. Um, And so this scene right here plays back to being set in the dark age of comic books. This is, when we look at this scene and when we look at the Barry Allen scene, we're in a time period that doesn't exactly look like modern day. These kids aren't listening to music. J. Cole. (laughs) <laughs> as much as J. Cole, I you know love J. Cole, uh, Jermaine Cole, but um, you know they're not listening with AirPods in. They're not playing with iPads. They're not you know we're not in a world of of technology. These kids are just playing football. You know, cyborg. I know he's a cyborg made by this mother box, but his world does not usually revolve around technology in that kind of sense. We almost feel like we're back in Watchmen. It almost feels like we're back in the 80s. Um, It almost feels like the president of this time could be 
Nixon, we could be in the Watchmen era. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because Zack Snyder is painting this comic book movie as if we are still in the dark age of comic books, which okay. is cool, which is a cool thing to think about. Yeah, and he's excellent. One of the characters that's walking around in this scene, if you look at one of the, the extras walking, is a, a newsstand person. You can tell because he's wearing a, a news cap, which is part of the job of, of owning a newsstand. You actually, there's an actual official hat that they wear. And if you remember Watchmen, there is a newsstand character in that movie who's talking to uh, the young kid, Bernie, who's reading the Black Freighter comic book, and then Bernard is the newsstand person. And this guy right here looks exactly like Bernard, the newsstand person, which could be a, a callback and Easter egg to Zack Snyder's other film, Watchmen. Um, but it also helps to to deliver the time period that we're in. Like, you have kids detached from technology playing football. You have this newsstand person talking to this other guy as they walk across the street. Um, all the cars are a little bit dated, kind of like the cut list that um, uh, Kiersey Clemens, Iris West, uh, was driving earlier. Everything just looks like that 80s version of Gotham that you would read in like a Killing Joke book or The Dark Knight Returns, or actually The Dark Knight Returns is in the future, so. Yeah, it still has that like stuck in the 1940s-esque as well. I mean, you said it like with the newsstand guy just being that itself, you know, the cobblestone streets and even the building line. It's just like uniform brick building where they chose to to have this neighborhood that Cyborg and and his father live in um, looks very of, of Gotham, yeah. I'll say that. Everything you know? is wet and steamy and cobblestone. It just fits that era that we're in. And so that's another great... cool thing. I was sorry. No, go, go for it. I was going to say another cool thing that we're seeing just like slightly here is that it's not nighttime just yet. So it's still like a daylit neighborhood of Gotham, an evening neighborhood in Gotham. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's still... I don't know. It's just kind of cool. We don't get to see that 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 often. No, yeah. This is like kind of past golden hour. We're getting closer to sunset, or at least sunset is passing. We're getting closer to twilight. Um, it's interesting to just kind of picture Gotham in this in this way, um, especially with kids being able to hang out and not <laughs> feel endangered yet. Um, I'm sure as the sun's going down, they have to no longer play out in the streets because this is when you know, criminal behavior starts to happen. Um, But it's just really cool to think of it that way. And obviously, Victor can't go outside. He has to look at these kids and be like, and this is the Doom Patrol part of it, where he has to, he sees what normal is and he can't have that. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what normal people can do. They can play football in the streets with no care in the world. They have no fear of dying anytime soon. Um, then they go home and they sleep and they wake up the next day and they, they rinse and repeat, but they have no fear. They may be bored, but boredom is the antithesis to, to, to fear. They don't have that fear in their, in their bodies about what's going to happen. Um, maybe because they believe in the Batman and maybe because they're kids and they don't really need to care about stuff like that. But he's yeah. stuck in a room knowing what death is. Because it's almost happened to him, and he's seen it happen to his mother, um, and he's seen horrors and and atrocities with with his connection to the internet, basically mm-hmm. now, um, and so he has to sit isolated, and yet 
attached to everything. Um, and that just kind of spirals into more than just depression. I mean, you think about it with Robot Man as well in Doom Patrol, but just having to be stuck within the machine that you are and just that's all you can do is just cycle through thoughts and overthinking and overthinking. And yes, it is nice to to think about things a lot, but overthinking can be a real problem. Um, and it's okay to admit that and, and, and trying to stop yourself. But for someone like Cyborg, he cannot do anything else. Like his, he is part of a computer. He's so attached to things. It would be wrong for him to be uh, ignorant. Um, and so that's what he's stuck with. And as he cycles through all that and watching these kids live what we would assume is a happy life, this is where we transition into the football scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing. It's um, he's in the right place for uh, this whole brooding thing that he's got going on in this in his apartment. You know, yeah. He's in. The, he's in the geographically perfect place for brooding. <laughs> it's part of the. It's in the water system. Yeah, it comes with a lease. Yeah, gotta have one brooder in the in the in the building. I just thought of something, but that would be a huge tangent. I just was thinking of like having to be, you know, because the Gotham is so dangerous and having to stay inside all the time being like, if I lived in Gotham, I'd be like, you know, you know, I work from home. I'm cool. I, I just need the internet and I'll stay inside all the time. I don't need to go out. A lot of bad things happen out there. Could run into the Batman, could run into some corrupt cops, criminals, who knows? I'll just stay inside, I'll work from home, play video games from home, I'll just have internet set up. But then I was thinking, think of like the internet providers that have to go door to door to set up internet all the time. Like, what is their life like? What if you get called by, you know, Harvey Dent and he's like, Joker. Yeah, he's like, I need you to set up internet in my new warehouse. And I'd be like, okay, I guess I have to do it because that's my job. I'll be there tomorrow with a router and a modem for you. But like, well, yeah, and then this you're bad news. To, to all the villains, you'll be the IT guy for the villains. Yeah, and, and then you I'm need getting... VoIP set up, call Mark. <laughs> Scarecrow needs VoIP set up in his lab. Like, and hold his, on. Yeah, yeah, right? Penguin. He needed Penguin phones. Who do you call? Mark. Yeah, Penguin calling after hours tech support because his internet's down. Same club Penguin shut down, what the F? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. dude, you're behind the ball. <laughs> you were our only player, Mr. Cobblepot. Yeah. We, we couldn't justify it. I'm sorry. And that's, that's what sets him off. That's when he comes out of the sewers and starts wreaking havoc on Gotham. Thanks, Mark. You unleash the penguin on us. Close down <laughs> Club Penguin. Now Cobblepot's pissed. Yeah. We'll bring back Club Penguin. Um, we'll make that in for the next Batman movie. We'll make that part mm-hmm. of the marketing. Yeah. Uh, um, so, <laughs> so we transition into the, the football scene. Um, this this is taking place around 2015. Uh, and we know this because on Victor's gravestone later, we will see that he died in, or he's technically pronounced dead at on 2015 on his headstone. Um, and if we think back to Dawn of Justice, which takes place about... November. Yeah, about okay. the same time. Uh, um, it's so like this game that we're. I was thinking about the same thing. I think we're on the same timeline. This game that we're seeing must have been like, 
I don't know football seasons, but it was the last season. So yeah. like it was maybe like a January or something, maybe a December season of like a qualifying championship game or, or something of the nature. Um, and then accident, bing, bang, boom, football in Dawn of Justice, no Victor Stone. So like a year later, essentially. Right? Yeah. I can um, actually, you know what I can do is I can probably look up um, an exact date from Dawn of Justice here because, well, we know that the Black Zero event happened sometime in 2014 in the summer, and then 18 months later would have put us in the fall of 2015. Um, but to double check that, I want to look at the Silas Stone video because so it has a date. Yes, exactly. Um, so let me play that right here, and then this was something I should have done earlier. Hold on, let me see, because he's going to play... He does a few tests, and none of them really work until he starts doing the mother box. It says outcome will be death, and then he, gets, he goes through a, a bit of a rage here, and then he starts to activate the mother box. Let me see what he says, what time and date he says here. No, he says, suspending all. Hmm. Nope, no time and date on the Silas Stone video. I'll give so it one more. Go for it. I was just thinking, like, it would have been the same time. So snowing in Gotham could have been happening October, November, December, what have you. If Dawn of Justice takes place in the fall months of October, November-ish areas, then Victor would have been, like, this game that we're seeing would have been right before the Dawn of Justice game where Victor is not there. The only problem is it's just not snowing. Yeah. This is very misleading. Cause the But also I think we're probably we might be thinking about it one, too hard. Mm-hmm. And two, it might not even maybe the maybe there there was no connecting line. Maybe it was just like, yeah, whatever, he was playing football at a time and I just wanted to make it snowing because that looks really cool. Yeah. Well and you know, in the north it could always snow whenever, right? Because um, we are kind of in the we're in the Gotham City University Stadium, so we're this is kind of like the New Jersey area. Uh, they are playing the Wisconsin Badgers, which is a real football team, a real college football team, and the Wisconsin Badgers football team is actually here playing the sport, so uh, it's a really nice uh, kind of cool cameo for the Wisconsin college football team. Um, they're actually in this movie, and... I all I know the only actual date I have is that Lex Luthor created those files of June of 2015 because uh, it says June 22nd 2015 is when the files were created and then modified on the 24th um, and then viewed sometime after that. But essentially, he dies in 2015. He's playing sports here. What I'm getting at is that this where he dies here. When you watch Dawn of Justice and you see the football scene that's being shown there, that is 
sans Victor Stone, which is why yes. they lose a tremendous uh, game against the Metropolis uh, football team, which I forget yeah. what their uh, mascot is. But they're playing Metropolis, and they're getting absolutely wrecked uh, by them because Victor Stone is not there. Um, and I'm sure we've said it before. I'm sure a lot of people know this already, but to anyone who doesn't know, this is something that people might go back and now realize when they watch Dawn of Justice and they see Gotham City University losing uh, by so many points and to, and to wonder why that is, um, besides being an analogy to Batman versus Superman, it's also related to this bit here where Victor Stone no longer uh, exists anymore. Uh, so it's really cool to think of it like that. Um, and I also noticed that they filmed the football scene in Batman v Superman first. That was the very first thing they started filming when they started filming Dawn of Justice. They're like, hey, you know, that movie just started filming. And the first thing they started filming was the football scene. So nobody knew how that was going to work, what was going to happen with that football scene. Now we now we know um, this. It either was the same situation where they filmed this first or the very last thing that they filmed because we have a uh, kind of like a cast photo, like the whole team is involved. Um, and it looks kind of like they wrapped up filming with this scene because there's a photograph in the art of book at the very back of the book that shows Ray Fisher and Zack Snyder and the entire kind of production team uh, sitting in the bleachers because uh, they only use like one section of a stadium and so they have everyone there and they're taking the photo together and so it either looks like the beginning of their shoot or or, or the last day of filming um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't know either one and it's odd that the art of book included that photo because obviously this scene doesn't exist in that movie whatsoever. And it's a little weird to have that because you can't even explain. It's the only what. photo of the, of the team, though. It's the only photo of, of cast and crew, I, I assume. It's not even the cast. It's not even the Justice League cast. It's just the it's people just who worked on, the, on this. Or just, yeah, uh. just the people who worked on this scene right here. Hmm. Um, and it has the only one. The only real cast member is, is Ray Fisher, uh, who's front and center, kind of like laying down, posing in a very funny way and obviously it has Zack Snyder and Patrick Totopoulos and Damon Caro all up in the front um, because that's like kind of Zack's core team. Um, so it's interesting. It's in, in uh, yeah, like I said, the book cannot detail what the photo is because then they would have to explain a football scene that does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> or that Victor Stone even played football when it wasn't even, I don't even think referenced in, Maybe Flash said it, but <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. No, no yeah, you're right. No one knows that he played football without... I don't think any... They yeah, don't, don't explain it ever. in Dawn of Justice unless you just heard this bit of information and now you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I didn't know Victor was part of the football team to begin with. And then if you're watching Justice League, you're like, oh, I, he just, I thought he was just some yeah. robot kid. <laughs> um, I do want to have my voice heard particularly on this minute um i'm sorry mainly by saying that that this scene of victor stone cyborg playing football and also having the same scene of him as the cyborg is extremely powerful and 
that like all directions point north to the character in that in that aspect this is a perfect persona of what of victor stones is and and the ability of of who he is as a person and as a human and then what the tragedy turns him into the it's iconic is what i'm really trying to say victor stone playing football for gotham university and then in turn you seeing an aftermath of a you know accident and he's all cyborged out and not you know normal football playing college student it's important i think it's a it's a pretty heavy scene um i know that that the football scene was a very sought out after piece of information with the whole snyder cut shtick um you know anytime a picture of the jersey or anything or any photos i know that there was a black and white photo or something shot um even the trailer i think for the the snyder cut had shots of of the football team and and victor uh in the snow playing football it's iconic it's powerful um if you know the character of cyborg and how you he started out that is like direct origin i mean mm-hmm. that's like on the same lines as the spider falling onto peter parker's hand you know yeah it's like that is it's iconic i think this minute here 78 is a pretty uh a pretty minute and a pretty powerful minute for yeah. cyborg himself you know yeah. especially because most people you know this is me speaking from uh you know people that i've introduced to uh like doom patrol and stuff them seeing things like this where it's like oh yeah i know cyborg from doom patrol and getting a little bit more context into the background of the character of, of, Oh, he was on a football team. He was like the quarterback. He was the star player. That's really cool. And then later on when he's saying, you know, Victor Stone's a certified genius, those points should hit hard for people like this cyborg origin is, is big. I I mean, we're getting it on a silver platter here, but like cyborg is a very pivotal and very influential character now in DC comics. And I mean, you have to do him all the justice he can. And I think in this scene, it, it does it perfectly. I mean, you see him being the hero of the game. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's important that, and we, we talked about this with, with all the other characters, but it's important that you care about what they were before so that when you see them now, the way that they want to market them, you've cared about, you care about, the journey that they've been on and with cyborg being a cyborg being a robot machine you have to care that he was once human and you don't want to overlook that part you don't want to skip too far into just going like okay well he's cyborg now let's get to it yeah let's they do d- internet stuff yeah they they do it with flash and aquaman in this movie not only because they're getting their own movies but because their origin is not the part we need to care about just yet. Mm-hmm. What Flash does in his opening scene, what Aquaman does in his opening scenes, and what they go through defines their their uh, growth, their development in this movie in their own way. Feeling alone, feeling like you're not good enough, feeling like you're stuck in between two worlds. And, you know, the whole alone part in the Justice League, it's it's a connective tissue, but... But this movie is about Cyborg. 
Uh, and, and like everyone has probably told you about, he is the heart of the film. And this movie does take its time with who Cyborg is. He's getting this huge bit and Flash and Aquaman and Wonder Woman and Batman and Superman are not because they are not the heart of the film. They are parts that need to mm-hmm. come together. Um, and, and Cyborg is the focus here. But we need to care about who he was. And he was Victor Stone and he had this life and he had normalcy and he was a normal person until he wasn't. And that's what's so tragic about his upbringing. And it's important when you think about like what comic book movies aim to do, which is get you to read the comics. Because obviously... If you, you know, people who come to watch this movie, they really, we really shouldn't expect people who come to watch this movie to know the backstory already. Like, you know, he was a football player, got in this injury, his dad's some kind of mad scientist and forced this kind of stuff on him. And now he resents him for it. Yes, that is all true, but we cannot expect everyone to know that. So what movies like this are supposed to do is it's supposed to inspire you so that when you leave the theater, that you then spend money on comic books to learn about the character and to be more in love with the character and buy and consume and and, and consume these stories and keep the DC comics in business, you know, kind of thing. But you can't do that when that part doesn't exist in the movie. You know, who's going to care about Cyborg and go want to read Justice League part or part one of the new 52 if they don't know these things um if and if you're thinking that people know this already then what's the whole point of having this movie if people if you think people are buying your comic books already then we don't need to be doing these movies to begin with um it's you know it's it's a it's a cycle that you have to respect so this scene is very important, not only important for people like us who care about these stories and what they mean to us on a pathological level and ethical level, but just logical, money, marketing, like consumerism. Show this scene, get people to invest in your character, sell them a comic book. Sell your action figures. Yeah. That's, like, damn it. <laughs> it's like, uh, you, have, you have any idea how easy it is to sell a cyborg action figure dude you can put so many attachments on this mofo like yeah. it's uh, it, it's a perfect action figure it's a perfect action they're coming figure. out I with killed it. to have a cyborg action figure <laughs> as a kid with like interchangeable arm parts and stuff man shit make him a transformer into a car or something like that i don't know cyborg doesn't transform into a car but you get what i'm saying yeah like and you know uh for a while, they didn't do anything that was targeted towards women, quote unquote, because, you know, women don't buy toys and merchandise. But obviously, Wonder Woman comes out, you start making Barbie dolls if you want, or just actual action figures and chicks buy action figures or they buy Funko Pops or they buy Barbie dolls because it's Wonder Woman or it's Antiope or Queen Apolita. And they're going to buy I'm buying a Funko Pop because it's Wonder Woman. I'm buying a Barbie because it's Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, They look amazing. And I got to tell you something. There was this one kid I saw on Target a few weeks ago, and he had one of the new um, McFarlane DC icon, not icon, McFarlane DC figures, and it was the Wonder Woman in like the full suit of armor, the gold, whatever. Is it uh, um, the, the Golden Eagle one? Yeah, the Golden Eagle suit. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah. kid, like, I like looked at him. I saw him, and I was just like, dude you rule like yeah. you are that is your figure right now like i don't 
give a shit what people are saying that you're buying the Wonder Woman. Actually, you are the man. You're awesome. I am so jealous that you have that figure right now because he's gonna go home. He's gonna unbox. I think he's gonna pose it in cool ass ways. He's gonna put it next to his other action figures, and it's gonna look awesome. And now they have dark side action figures from this movie. They have the correct version of Steppenwolf action figures, and those are selling like crazy. Like yeah, I want one of those. I would love to have one of those Steppenwolf action yeah, figures. I want one of the Steppenwolf action figures. The original one? Throw that in the trash. Melt it nah. down. I don't know. Attach fireworks to it. Give it, yeah, to, hey, give it to your give neighbor, it. Sid. <laughs> I was going to do a Toy Story joke, too. <laughs> uh, it just... But yeah, it, the biggest thing to come back to is selling comic books. You got to keep DC Comics in business. Otherwise, they can't do these things. Um or not, maybe hopefully Netflix buys DC from Warner Brothers, who knows. But like, just invest in yourself again. And this is my message to, you know, Warner Brothers and DC Comics. It's like, you want to bring it back. You want to get people to, to come back and read Justice League Part 1. If they go watch this movie now, and then they go read Justice League War, then they get this. Then they understand the you know him being a football player and him being... Uh, afflicted by you know whatever happens to him it's just it's just one of those things like it's so important um only other note i had was you know his jersey says seven so i'm guessing lucky number seven quarterback gotta have it Uh, big seven justice league there you go the seventh member the seventh member the seventh man if you will that's not Mm -hmm. the term usually it's six man or 13th man yeah, it's six man for basketball, 13th man for... Uh... Okay, well, six man is usually a good thing to say for basketball. Like, yeah, I'm the six man. Like, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the other factor. Which but, is, like, there's only five players on the court at a time. Yeah, the six man is, like, the fans. Like, oh, I'm the... Yeah, okay. It's a, it's a weird joke. But then if you okay. say 13th man in football, that's usually a penalty. Like, you got too many players on the field, so I don't know. Oh, okay. It's a silly thing. I don't really know football. Well... This ain't the podcast to learn about it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> the only other thing I had was, uh, you know, his dean says he's a certified genius, which mm-hmm. is good to know. We'll get more into that tomorrow, but it is good to know that he's super athletic and super smart, naturally, yeah. before the accident, before Cyborg. Mm-hmm. He Triple is... a threat, if you will. Yeah, he can sing, dance, and act. Okay, so he can... Athletics, uh, book smarts, and the third one is sex there you go <laughs> uh yeah that's a good one um eats his vegetables uh there, that's it yeah uh i wonder if if ray fisher is a triple threat where he can sing dance and act because he does a lot of theater and he see put it past him sounds like he has good chops on him so i He's bet got he, the he got on the way i bet he home. can yeah um he looks like a healthy boy uh <laughs> is there <laughs> did you have any other notes here before we wrap up on this one um no i don't think so are you gonna go are you, you're gonna you're gonna meet this gentleman here at this uh convention that we yeah have? megacon he's gonna be here in orlando uh it was august i almost said june i had to get my dates correct august 14th 2021 saturday 3 p.m he's doing a q a i don't know if anyone here is from orlando but if you are and you're going to megacon 3 p.m saturday august 14th Ray Talking Fisher will be at MegaCon doing a Q&A panel. 
I got to think of some questions. If anyone is listening to this podcast and have any questions, I'll try to ask them something. Maybe, maybe we'll vet them. Yeah, let me know. Um, real quick before I let us go, I'm going to try and check here because I want to see how long this uh, segment is going to last us. Um, so we're on minute 78 now, and the very last of his origin is minute 88. So we're going to be talking not just this week, next week, and the week after until not next Wednesday, but the Wednesday after 10 minutes of cyborg origin story that we're going to go through. So we have a lot more to cover. If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DC EU minutes and the Facebook group, the DC cinematic minute listener society, where you can join us to talk about today's minute or any minutes you guys are catching up on. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 79 of Zack Snyder's justice. League.